Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as sweet as a Jesper Lindstrom lob. Fancy advice as well-timed as Thomas Muller's first career own goal and two pundits who are both being forced into their fair share of transfers. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Sorok. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy, Season 5, Match Day 26. And here to provide the BL Fantasy Insider Trading Tips, it's the fantasy football got himself, Flo Reinecker. Flo, how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, under all the circumstances, I think as good as it can be. I mean, you are all guys, you you probably like last week, James and I, we were texting. It wasn't for long that we said, no, it's not like we, we don't feel like we can provide this. Like it, it should be a bit lighthearted what we do. And we like to do that. And it's 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 our fun. It's our way to engage with each other. And we just didn't feel that. Uh, it was possible for us to do it the, the way we usually do it. The situation does like it hasn't changed, but you have to come to terms that at one point we say, okay, this is the part we we aware of what's going on in the world, and it's not like we're ignoring it. Uh, to the contrary, we want uh, that this uh, this war stops as as soon as possible with as. Uh, yeah, less casualties as as possible. But football carries on and fantasy carried on and, and we'll try to provide you guys with the information we can get, but that doesn't mean that we're not like caring about what's going on in the world. Yeah, that's 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 it. I mean the fantasy world kind of diminishes in in value and importance at a time like this. And I think that's what we both recognized last week. I mean, the what is going on in Ukraine when you engage with it, it's very difficult not to feel the full gravitas of it and not to be dragged down. I'm sure many of you out there can can relate to that as well. And the fact is, yeah, it's it is still going on. But football at times like these, and if anything, football is more, more so recently, has been used as a distraction in the last couple of years. I mean, we've used it as a distraction from the coronavirus pandemic. Now we're kind of using it still as a distraction from what's going on and the atrocities in Ukraine. And so as much as we could have taken the same stance as we did last week and said, you know what, we'll hold off again, it's still not quite appropriate, we decided to try and provide that bit of distraction, play our part in that distraction. And hopefully you can bear with us through it all. But yeah, our hearts, I think, you know, the messages of solidarity we've seen throughout the Bundesliga over the last couple of weeks, our hearts go out to everyone as well. And so, yeah, with that, I guess we kind of have to try and get into the fantasy mindset of it all, where, you know, the likes of, you know, injury issues for Erling Haaland, you know, have importance again, almost. And we did send out a tweet for listener questions. We got one from at Benji Tonelli. Uh, so I will ask it. It's a three-part question flow uh, and he says before I ask a question I want to say thank you for convincing me to keep Iago in the past so well done on that pick because it has turned out to be a good one he says his questions for this week though he says if flexibility is not an issue which let's be honest flow it's not because we have no Friday night game we have a bunch of Sunday games it's a wonderful thing he says would you keep Antony Modest or Serge Gnabry uh, that's a tough one but I probably keep Gnabry because I was visiting the Cologne-Hoffenheim game for the first time since uh, the corona uh, virus started. Uh, I was in the stands, actually. Nice. Uh, with the family and visited the game. And I, I, I just feel that Leverkusen is the far superior side. Therefore, I would stick with Nabri, especially like if you want to have some narrative around Nabri. I mean, he he used to play for Hoffenheim, so we know this kind of stuff happens. So uh, I personally would hold on to um, Nabri and Selmodest. Yeah, you know. Although, it, like, if Cologne makes anything happen, it's very likely that Modest is involved. No, that is true. I mean, I look back to the what was it a two-all draw earlier this season? Anti Modest scored a brace in that game. I just think Leverkusen have come a lot further since then, and Cologne a slightly different side than they were back then as well. Yeah, um, and correct so, yeah. on both, both counts, I think. Yeah, so I'd, I'd agree. I think Serge Gnabry is a good pick this week. His second part of his question is who to sell, Eduard Leuven or Patrick Wimmer? Now, that's a tricky one because Patrick Wimmer is carrying a bit of a knock from last week. Yeah, but I mean, Leuven, they're playing at Frankfurt. They look like they might be able to turn the season around right now. And it's an away game, and that's usually a game where, where Bochum has issues. 
I probably would lean towards uh, holding on to Wimmer because they will do they all to make him available. Dortmund, I mean, Dortmund, that's, it sounds intimidating, but I mean, look at the four-man back line. They, they're probably playing <laughs> yeah. Wolf, yep. Chan, Pongracic, and Schulz. That's the four-man <laughs> back line of Dortmund. Yeah. Uh, I'm not scared uh, to field any attacking player against that back four. And that's it. Vimmer, yeah, Vimmer is carrying a knock. He did miss parts of training this week, but you would hope that for the Sunday game, he will be fit in time. And him one-on-one with Nico Schultz. I mean, I'm not Nico Schultz's biggest fan in the first place, Flo, but that is a mismatch that is in Patrick Vimmer's favour. So if he is fit, there's a potential big upside for him yeah. in that game. So yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, I have to say, I mean, the Lurven pick was a very prude one in the last couple of weeks if you did go for him in terms of what Bochum have been doing in his role in their attacking play. But let's move on to the last part of question number three he says is Florian Wirtz a must-have this weekend no I won't I wouldn't go so far because what we see like Cologne usually hangs even with the big boys I, I think there's only one game this season that they lost with more than one goal every match is close I mean it's 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 the same thing with Modest Modest like every goal he scored made it so that the score is within it's even like when the head is even an equalizer or is the goal to uh, the Anschlusstreffer. What's that in English? Yeah, yeah the, the consolation effort. Oh, isn't well, no, consolation actually, sorry. effort? No, no, yeah, consolation effort is very late. Anschluss would be more like... Zelke. Zelke's goal was a consolation yes. effort yeah. in my mind. But like in Venice, I don't think there's one English word for Anschlusstreffer. It's like the goal to reduce the arrears. Yeah, it's... Uh, Probably that is because the German language is much more precise, James. You're gonna hear no arguments no okay. arguments from me on that point. It's a wonderful Lego brick language. Yeah, it's a hamstring issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah. We have like four hundred different kinds of uh, phrases for that. That's but, it. I, uh, I never knew what an adductor was until yeah. I, I started working in German football circles. Because <laughs> I think we just called that the groin injury. Uh, yeah. But that's not quite what it, it does in, in German. No, it's, it is a wonderful Lego brick language. But therefore, yeah, Anschluss Treffer, I think it's probably just a goal that reduces the arrears. So it makes it closer. But that's, that's rubbish. No, it's, yeah, but it's just one, like, that means it's a goal before an equalizer. Yeah. So it's a goal that makes an equalizer possible. That's it, yeah. That, that's a lovely way to, to phrase it. <laughs> that is, that's an even better way. And that it actually proves the fact that there is no English word for that. Yeah. Genuinely, there's not one. Because, yeah, we would say reduce the arrears, but we'd also say that if it was 3-1. Yeah. And that it was, you know, the arrears would reduce to two. So, But before we go on, off on too much of a tangent about the English and German language. No, that's mean I... I <laughs> Leverkusen is a far superior side, but Cologne usually makes it close, uh, even if they are the worst team. And so I, I don't think that Wurz is a must-have, especially since we know that Schick is out. Uh, he, he's an important player up front. We, we saw that Swan didn't trust Alario in that role as they were traveling to Munich. I, I think that's at least a bit a hindrance for, for Leverkusen to really stick it to Cologne. And uh, they probably will get Hubers back. He was missing against Hoffenheim. They missed him. They probably get Hector back. He he wasn't playing because of uh, uh, I think a death in, in the in the family of of Hector. That was the reason of personal issues. Um, that was the reason why Hector didn't play against Hoffenheim. Both players will probably be back, and that's definitely will help Cologne. Yeah, I, that's a, yeah. in their efforts. So yeah, uh, I, I like Wurz, but. Uh, I'm, I'm like I sold him last week. If I'm not mistaken, I actually I sold him, and I probably won't bring him in back. Interesting, interesting. Uh, yeah, I did sell him myself, and I would agree. I wouldn't say he's a must-have, but he's not a bad option this week <laughs> against Cologne. Yeah, but I mean, there's a team that plays against a team where the coach says, uh, "I'm here until shit. You are here until shit." Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you get my meaning, James, I do get your meaning. But, but hold on, that's... Or, or Philip Kostic. So if you don't have Philip Kostic, I actually prefer, probably prefer Philip Kostic over um, Florian Wirtz. Okay, all right. Well, hold on, I'm going to have to pull you up on that because were you making it sound like it was Stefan Baumgart that said that I'm, 
you're here to shit and I'm in. No, it's Korkut. Yeah, I know it's Korkut. I mean, there's a team that's playing a team where the coach said that. Ah, that's okay. Sorry, that was the key key few words I missed. Uh, so so. I'm, I was hinting uh, towards uh, Mönchengladbach. Okay, we, then you playing are playing Hatta. You are correct. So. We will get to that later. I just I lost the reference there for a second. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so. it's, sometimes it's <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, what, Too many corners to think <laughs> around. An extra corner. Let's throw another one in because we should remind people two more weeks till the next round of unlimited transfers during the international break that goes from the 21st of March through to the 1st of April. So yeah, it's worth bearing that in mind that you've got two more weeks before you can make unlimited transfers once again. And the beauty of this week is that uh, we'll get straight into the fixture list here in part one. We'll take a break for part two later. But I can't actually say that we're starting the fixture list with the Friday night game like we normally do because there is no Friday night game this time around. Instead, we've got four to kick things off on Saturday. Oh, you're an optimist. What do you mean? <laughs> that we have four games kicking off at uh, three thirty. So <laughs> true. We come to Very that later, true. but yeah, <laughs> might, might only be three. At the time of recording, yeah. we have four games. At the time of kickoff, we probably will only have three games. And yes, we will get to that in a second. But we will ultimately know the lineups from those games, which does help even if it's three or four. So let's kick on with the first one. We'll start with Union Berlin against Stuttgart. Now, Union, they've lost four of their five Bundesliga games since Max Kruse left for Wolfsburg, while Stuttgart, they've only won one of their 12 away matches this season. Nevertheless, a big win last week against Gladbach Flo. Yeah. So how do you feel about Stuttgart's fantasy assets who are you picking from this game yeah I think it probably should have a big impact the way they were able to turn things around because really uh, James I'm not sure if you saw that game but you like at one point you got that feeling okay it's just like Stuttgart this season I mean they, they're playing good but they're not getting results they're not able to put the ball in uh, in the back of the net and you felt like it like they had a good game, but they weren't scoring. And in the end, they, they, uh, them being able to get away with the win, I think really is huge for uh, Stuttgart. And I think it's likely that they are able to get this momentum rolling and to get a result at Union, especially the way that Union is playing right now. And that makes at least like Sosa is very interesting. I mean, I saw a stand this week. I think uh, seven out of the last 13 goals of Kalajic, Sosa was a provider. So more than half of all Kalajic's goals, Sosa has given the assist. That's just an amazing stat. And I think as long as Kalajic is on the pitch, Sosa is really great in, in fantasy. But the other guy, if you want to save some money, Mavropanos is playing as a right back right now. 5.9 million is his price tag. We know that he can score. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't done it in a yeah. while, but we know he can. He likes to shoot. So um, I think he is a differential pick if you don't go with Sosa or if you even want to double up uh, on Stuttgart. So uh, Mavropanos playing as a right back really piques my interest, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, it does does mine as well. Given the form that he did show earlier this season, but I mean, next week they hosting Augsburg, so that's on top of that. Yeah. So um, it, it's actually like a good fixture coming up for Stuttgart as well. Yeah. And the last fixture before we got the no, it's next week, and then it's international break. So you don't have to think more than next week with all your transfers because after that you got unlimited transfers so Stuttgart players interesting because at Union they have a bad run of form and then hosting Augsburg yeah it's looking decent. Yeah, if, if ever if ever there was a time to maybe invest in Stuttgart, now might be that time. But I do agree with you. This is a season where so much has gone against them. The injuries to you know Silas Katumba Mavumba and and to Sasa Kalajic and to Mavropanos. You know, then they sell off uh, Mark Oliver Kempf, who was a key part of their back line. It's just been a weird season for Stuttgart. And at one point, you feel like you blinked, and they went from like mid-table safety to being right in the thick of the relegation battle, which is where they still are. But I do agree with you. I think their picks are potentially better suited this week than Union's because, of course, we know they've got Taiwo Wanyi, we know they've got Nico Gieselman. They have players that can make a difference, but I like Stuttgart more so. Yeah, but like for Gieselman, the, the good thing is um, we know the lineup. So we don't have that headache. Ryerson, Trimmel, Ochipka, 
uh, Gieselmann, who's playing. True. All of these four players would be viable uh, if they are in the starting lineup, I think. Only issue is, and that's why I prefer the Stuttgart side, next week I, they're traveling to Bayern. Yes, true. So do you really want Gieselmann playing at Munich? Mm, I don't really think so. So that's that's the reason why I think it's close on this match day with Union facing Stuttgart. But like next match day, Stuttgart is facing off Augsburg and, and Union traveling to Bayern. That makes it just an easy decision for me to to go to bet on the Stuttgart side of things. Spot on. Let's talk about Freiburg-Wolfsburg then. Freiburg lost two of their first four matches at the new Europa Park Stadion, or Europa Park Stadion, I should say. But they are currently five unbeaten at their new ground, three wins, two draws. Who are you fancying for this one? Because Freiburg, if we're talking about the next two fixtures, they've got Wolfsburg at home this week, Greuterfurt away next week. So if you don't have Freiburg assets, this isn't a bad time to jump in that market. No, that's a stay away game for me. I'm, I'm not sure like how, which player... Sh- uh, would pique my interest if he all of a sudden were to be in the starting lineup. I expect a close match. I mean, Freiburg got a draw at Leipzig with four shots on goal. That's the reason, like, they, they drew one all, but it's for fantasy purposes, it's not really that useful. And Wolfsburg is similar. They're not producing as many shots as I would like. <laughs> and so maybe if Jong starts because he's so cheap that he's at least a viable option because midfield it's like the options are not that. And if you think that maybe Wimmer is injured and, and if you don't want to go with Furich because he had a knock as well. Or, yeah, then maybe you could make an argument for Jong. And in defense, Gulde is only priced 2.7 million. Yeah, but I probably would rather go with Kübler if you want a cheap Freiburg defender. But it, no, I'm I'm not really looking to invest into that fixture. No, I mean, that's fair enough. We've also heard that Nico Schlotterbeck is likely to be out injured for that one, which we know how important he is to that Freiburg backline. Yeah, and I think we also have some corona cases that are not disclosed so far uh, at Freiburg. Yeah, so which is always wonderful. That's a, a situation to monitor. Maybe like Jerome Roussillon would stick out if Freiburg really has issues and they miss key players and you feel like Wolfsburg can can win this one. In the past, Kofeld really, he has a pretty good record against Christian Streich, so maybe that's something you can draw on Sorosillon if you want to force me uh, to name a Wolfsburg player. He would be the one. No, that, that's fair enough. I don't you say that. I, like, I cannot afford... Gunter or Grifo to be amongst those COVID cases in Freiburg because I already have three transfers, maybe even four that I need to make flow. So I'm yeah. already I'm already one in excess potentially. And that does come down to last week's decisions, which I know we're going to be talking about in part two of the show when we reference a certain Borussia Dortmund. But yeah, I'm, I'm in a bit of a pickle. So I do not need more Freiburg players dropping like flies uh, to this one. Yeah. Um, so we will see what happens. But I do agree with you in terms of the fantasy output potential of this game is lower than with other games this weekend. And let's talk about one of those that has a higher threshold being Hoffenheim against Bayern. Now, Lewandowski, he scored 14 goals in 23 competitive appearances against Hoffenheim and has scored in at least once in six of his last seven games against 1899. So in terms of a player pick, where are you looking for this one, Flo? It's a tough question, James, because we know all the Bayern players we like usually are strikers. It's with Lewandowski, Müller, Sané, Coman and Nabri. I prefer Lewandowski and then Müller as my second choice. I think he looked good in the Champions League, so we can feel confident that if you want to double up on Bayern, I think Müller is the guy to do that. And in midfield, Kimmich is is solid choice at least. So these would be my options. I still don't like uh, a Bayern defender. Maybe if you want to go the, the narrative street, Zule would be the guy because... Upa Meccano is in the doghouse right now, so uh, I think Zula is safe to start, and we we know that he likes to get forward. Yeah, we do. You're big on the narratives in this Hoffenheim Bayern game, Serge Gnabry. No, I'm just saying, like <laughs> if you if you're grabbing for straws, I'm, I'm, I'm I personally like I said, I'm not that high on Bayern defenders, but yeah, Zula I can see at least like doing well. He he usually wins challenges and like two shots on goal, which gives you four points. It's not that unlikely for Zula. It's more likely than with most other 
defenders, I'd say. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And then this is it, yeah. The, the way Nagelsmann is playing. I mean, the defender market in general is pretty broken this season, in, in my opinion, anyway, in the fantasy game. And I don't know whether that's because we've been, like, the our expectation levels have been set so high by having great defenders like Guerrero, like Philip Max, like Martin Hinteregger, like Alfonso Davies, like Angelino in recent seasons. And this season, they're just falling so far short compared to what we're used to. And there's seemingly no consistency. So I, I do agree with you. Stay away from the Bayern back line. And really, it's all about who's up front and Kimmich. Um, that's kind of it when it comes to Bayern right now. Let's talk about the fourth theoretical game on Saturday afternoon, which is Augsburg against Mainz. And the reason we say it's theoretical is that Mainz have put in a request to the DFL to once again have their game postponed like they did with the Dortmund game last weekend. Because, yeah, they whether they're going to actually be able to have 16 fit players to put in a match day squad against Augsburg remains to be seen. The tests will be done. We're recording Thursday night. The tests are going to be done Friday um, and that's when the results will be found out and I'm sure that's when the DFL will ultimately make their decision as to whether Mainz can play or not. I, I personally think even if they can get 16 players flow, I would prefer the DFL to give them the grace of saying no, you don't have to play because even if they get 16 players, those 16 players A, aren't going to be fully fit yeah. and B, that's definitely not going to be a full strength lineup. Uh, for me, that's like the bigger question. I mean, we can think of the Bayern game against Gladbach that went ahead, but there wasn't the issue that now basically every player has to test negative on Friday. So they are quarantined until Friday and then they have to play uh, on Saturday. So that is the difference from this case to the Bayern case because with the Bayern case, it was there were players that weren't infected and players that were infected that were definitely out so the question is can you force minds to say all these players after one day being out of quarantine have to play that's the question i can't answer really but to explain maybe like you said 16 players they need 16 players in the match squad Nine of these players need to be on a professional contract. Yeah, yes, key, yeah, key so, point. And the reason why Mainz were able to postpone the last game was not because of that rule, because they had enough players, but the rule is you must at least have one goalkeeper, one professional goalkeeper that's available. And that was that. All three professional goalkeepers of Mainz are positive. Yeah. So they don't have a goalkeeper. That That's the reason why that was postponed. And if we remember uh, with Bayern, they had, I think, four, uh, uh, four goalkeepers who weren't positive because they have like five or six yeah. on paper <laughs> yeah. professional. That's like Mainz is in a way smarter because the goalkeeper in, in the fourth division who's playing for the second team he isn't on a professional contract. Would he be, he's a 19-year-old, Mainz probably would have had to play uh, the match last week. Yeah. So um, the DFL has been strict with his regulations. We have seen that two times so far this season in the Bundesliga with Mainz on the first match day. They had to play against Leipzig and Bayern, they had to play against Kappa. And I think in the second division, we had that with Ingolstadt. So I'm, I'm really not sure what's going to happen. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's, it's, it's a bad precedent to set that you say, okay, they, they're coming back from quarantine. They can play a professional football match one day later. Yes. What if like someone has heart problems after that or whatever. Uh, breathing, like, prob like breathing problems. Uh, are, yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I think you should make it like they have to be, to, to force them to play, they have to be available like three days before kickoff or something like that. That will be, but like no one thought about these cases in such detail, which now shows, is showing that you should, really, should have probably thought of details like that. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. We went through such a long period with games being unaffected. It's all kind of hitting us at once. And I mean, there are several clubs that are affected by the coronavirus pandemic right now. I mean, we mentioned Dortmund, Bielefeld as well. Their back line is ravaged, you know, due to a little outbreak. Uh, I think yeah. Adi, Adi Hutt has second caught division, it. Yeah, second Hamburg division, as well. Yeah, true. They already may uh, try to postpone their match on the weekend. So, 
is really uh, running rampage right now. Okay. <laughs> and who are they? Who are they playing on the weekend? Flo, none other than Etz Kabiga Hour, whose head coach produced one of the best quotes we've ever heard. I, I don't know whether to go into it, you but it's should, about James. Him. You can't like that's that's that. <laughs> no, that's true, a tease <laughs> if you like, don't be that guy. If okay, you, so I won't tease. I'll, I'll try and sum this up in as best way as possible. But yeah. essentially, the Etzke Big Hour coach came out with a wonderful, wonderful quote, which was something along the lines of, a blue whale has an average asshole size of 1.5 meters, but right now in the world, it's still not the biggest asshole. <laughs> which, uh, I mean, that's a direct message at Vladimir Putin, which I know he's going to hear and he's going to feel really, really yeah, hurt by it all, um, when yeah. he does hear it. But... <laughs> But uh, but that is a that is a, a classic quote, I think, uh, yeah. to say the very least. Yeah, I agree. And uh, who wants to hear it? You can Google Auer and Blauwal, and you're being able to find it <laughs> yeah. quite easily. That that is it. That is it. Okay. Before we get distracted too much here, shall we go on to the final game from Saturday? We've done the the three thirty kickoffs. The ones will know the lineup, but there is a standalone fixture on Saturday as well. It's Gladbach against Hertha. We were just talking about. Blue Whales assholes and Flo already made uh, reference to Typhoon Corkut early in the show because he did give uh, what I will call an impassioned speech in German and English where he was basically telling the head to players that it's their futures on the line they've had shit up to here he's had shit up to here yeah. and something needs to change because this is a side that are down in the dumps and I mean Stuttgart have had a tough time of it but hair to look the worst side right now even though they're above them in the standings they're coming up against Gladbach this week who we mentioned lost to Stuttgart last time out but Alassane player is having a bit of a mini revival in the last couple of games he's had a direct hand in six goals across Gladbach's last five games that's two goals four assists Gladbach meanwhile have conceded at least twice in each of their last six Bundesliga home matches shipping 17 in total and that would normally be ominous if they weren't coming up against this hair to Berlin side who just can't seem to get anything right. Yeah. And like, I can't feel that any player is motivated <laughs> by the speech. Sorry, James. That was no, so absolutely bad. Not. It, I mean, it was obviously <laughs> planned by Corkwood. If you see that video, at one point, he's like, he's sneaking towards the camera guy to make sure that like they are recording how passionate he is about his work. But come off it that was yeah yeah, just I, yeah so abysmal um and and not true i mean saying to the players is your future on the line not mine yeah no. like nothing could be far from the truth <laughs> like well, that's do you think Jovetic yeah. will be fine if hata is relegated niklas stark will be fine if hata is relegated they all will do fine if they are relegated. The only oh, it, guy who probably won't get a job in the Bundesliga anymore is Typhoon Corkwood. So, <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. I mean, Wait for it. Next season, there'll be another head coach that gets sacked and Typhoon Corkwood no, will pop up again as no, a candidate. <laughs> no, uh, I, I don't think that that'll happen. But, uh, I mean, it's... Uh, and that's the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm backing Gladbach on this one. I think they look good at stretches. Uh, at Stuttgart. Yeah, the problem here with Gladbach is the fact that they've got there without Ben Zabayini, who's suspended. And yeah. we heard the big news as well that Jonas Hoffman out injured. Yeah. So that's a bit of a blow to fantasy owners as well, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, that means that Florian Neuhaus is playing in a more attacking role, 12.3 million. He's definitely a guy I'm really interested in this weekend. Uh, I like him as a midfield option, mid price midfield option. If we get any confirmation that Lina is good to go, I, I would. Uh, I, I happily keep him in my squad. I went for him over Benzebaini because of the four yellow cards uh, last week. But then Lina was a last minute scrub because he was injured. So no information on that beforehand. So everyone else who did that move going with Lina, I think was a perfectly reasonable decision. It's just sometimes these things turn out. And I mean, Benzebaini got booked for the fifth time. So... My worries about him were, were were based on facts. Oh, so it's a perfect assessment of the situation, yeah. yeah. Uh, so if we get any confirmation that Lina is good to go, Lina uh, would be a decent choice. And I think up front player, yeah, definitely you can do worse. He's a bit expensive, 15.2 million. But at least for my team, money isn't really an issue uh, right now with too many injuries of high-priced players. And 
many cheap players coming on strong. So if you want to go with player, I think it's, it's a differential pick that definitely has its merits. And they're playing um, Friday evening game at Bochum last match day before the international break. So we know that's a tough venue to play, but at least it's a Friday evening game. And, and Gladbach, I mean, if they're clicking... The, the the two goals at Stuttgart, really, really well played by Gladbach. It's just like they need to show that on a more consistent level. Uh, yeah, without without a doubt. Yeah, you know what? I actually have very little to add on that game. I'm high on Gladbach as well, um, but I personally need to get rid of Ben Zabini and Hoffman. That's two of my three force changes that are being made this week, which is a bit of a shame. But yeah, I, I may do a swap in, swap out in terms of Gladbach out, Gladbach in um, this weekend as well. Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, with, Hof, uh, with Neuhaus, you mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm thinking yeah, yeah. about that too. Yeah, because, I mean, Neuhaus, since kind of gaining the confidence of Adi Hütter once again, has actually been scoring quite well. Yeah. Um, you know, and so the fact that he then moves into a more advanced role does definitely excite. Okay, let's leave it there. We'll be back in part two to go through the Sunday fixtures. Four left to go, plus our player picks. Join us again in just a jiffy. back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy and let's take a look at what's happening on Sunday because as mentioned no Friday game we've got an extra one on Sunday that means there's plenty of flexibility available this weekend which should make things a little bit easier but the game kicking off the Sunday action is Leverkusen against Köln the Rhine derby as they like to call it here yeah now, well Leverk- <laughs> yeah. Oh, I knew, I knew you were going to come in there on if they like to call it that well okay I should here. say marketing people in German football it, like to call it no I mean <laughs> Leverkusen is fine. It's their derby. <laughs> For Cologne, it's not a derby. It's just the way it is. Well, how can you have a derby against a suburb, right? That's Isn't that the, the point that Cologne fans make? I mean, it's the same with Aachen, as Aachen used to play in the Bundesliga. For Aachen, the Cologne game was a derby, but for Cologne, it isn't. So yeah. it, it's just like that. Yeah. Can, can you tell uh, Flo has a Cologne leaning here? No, it's like, <laughs> no, I, that's, that's an objective way to phrase it. Oh, no, I, I do agree with you. I do agree with you. It's just, yeah. But yeah, Leverkusen, they're unbeaten uh, in seven home Bundesliga matches, winning their last three, scoring 12 goals in the process. They've been in good form. Meanwhile, Köln are yet to lose two straight league games, all go more than one league game without scoring under Stefan Baumgart. The question I think I have for this one, we know Patrick Schick is still out. Has your opinion changed on Moussa Diaby as a viable fantasy candidate at all? What was my opinion again? Then I, I tell you if it changed. That you wouldn't go there, that you... Just just based on the fact that he wasn't, at the time I think we talked, he wasn't scoring as consistently. Schick was the more dependable player. Yeah. But now that Schick's injured, does Diaby creep up the, the pecking order potentially? Yeah, I, I like Diaby, yes. Um, but I like other matchups more than the Leverkusen-Cologne one. Maybe it's a Cologne bias, like you said, but uh, I expect that to be a close fought game. So I like Diaby as a player, but uh, for me, it's not a fantasy option. Apart from Wurz and Frimpong, um, I would actually think about Armin Adli uh, at 8 million because um, he's a midfielder in the game. And I think at one point at Munich, he, he, like, he had five shots and was leading that category um, in the match at Munich. So uh, he likes to shoot. With him, only issue is we don't know 100% that he's in the starting lineup. But without being involved in a goal, nine points at Munich, that's definitely something. So it's it's a high-risk, high-reward option if you want to go with Armin Adli and double up uh, on Leverkusen midfield. And um, they traveling to Wolfsburg uh, last match day before international break. So, yeah, it's a middle-of-the-road matchup, I'd say. And Cologne is hosting Dortmund, so to make that, like, complete. Yeah, no, I I do agree with you. And, yes, Ardley would have been a big winner 
in the fantasy game and Leverkusen probably would have been big winners on the pitch had he had a clinical touch in front of goal with the the two glorious opportunities he did have to put them ahead before half time. Yeah, nothing really to add on Leverkusen either from my side. So let's talk about Dortmund against Bielefeld next. Now, Marco Royce, he has spent the last 10 years at Dortmund and could make his 350th competitive appearance for the club. Meanwhile, their opponents, as mentioned, their backline has been ravaged by covid Dortmund has as well, but Armenia, they have only scored 22 goals this season, which is a league low. They've also failed to score in nine of their 25 games this season, which is actually a league high, but both are unwanted records for Bielefeld. I guess the question may be to ask, before we get into the thick of this game flow, is did you bring in Erling Haaland last week? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did too. How did you feel about it? Because I felt very... Bad. <laughs> I felt like a coward, James, but in the yes, end, yes, thank you. I felt like maybe not enough people realize that it's 14 points you get guaranteed for free. So if you make him like if, if Lewandowski ha- has a worse game than 14, you can change the star man to Haaland. That option you got. And I felt like, okay, then it's that. And let's hope he plays against Bielefeld. So that was that was Haaland. And, and I mean, there, there is a chance he will be back. He has been in training. He could yeah, feature against like, Bielefeld. Ugh, I, I'd rather have the news he's he's not playing than this. Yeah, there's a chance. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I feel like dumb and dumber. Yeah? So you tell <laughs> me there's a chance. What are you going to do? You sell Haaland or you hold on to him? You yeah. sell him and he scores a hat trick. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's your Sunday. He um, probably starts on the bench, you feel good about it, then he comes off the bench and scores a hat-trick and you feel bad about it. That'll be yeah. it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, we all manoeuvred ourselves in a, in a tough spot, uh, I think, with Haaland. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. It was relief because the, there weren't that many high scorers last weekend um, and, and not many predictable high scorers. I think the decision was totally fine yeah. if you knew that Haaland, like if I knew that Haaland will be out for this match day, I probably wouldn't have done it. Because it's not like, yeah, Haaland has a decent s- score, but he can't hurt you. Like sometimes like these games, I think last season had a four goal game where I didn't have him and everyone else starmanned him and you felt like okay now that's like he makes 36 points and then 18 points for starman yeah there you go but that 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 wasn't possible like the worst thing that could happen that like he has 14 points and the guy you brought in maybe gets seven so it's like the swing is not as big but with the Bielefeld game in mind, with the hopes that he would be able to play, uh, I made the decision to bring in Haaland. Yeah, that was it. I, I kind of, I mean, I did. I felt, I felt a little bit dirty. It felt like I was going against the, like the integrity of the game a little bit. The, the spirit of the game, not the integrity. The, the spirit, spirit of the game. That, yeah, you're right. That was the word I was looking for. But to counteract it, I actually took out Julian Brandt from my team, who would have been my joint highest scoring midfielder. So. <laughs> Like that was that was a it was a weird weekend it in was. general. Uh, let's be honest. But let's talk about this fixture, Dortmund against Bielefeld. How are you navigating this one, Flo? Yeah, I think it, it almost pains me to say, but Nico Schulz sitting there as a defender, four point six million. We already talked about how the defender market is bad this season, and how Bielefeld likes to not score goals. Even with the former backline Wolf Chan and Pongracic, I feel like ah, the, the Schultz is probably uh, a great budget option. Especially since we know, like, one of these, like, he goes forward. Usually his crosses are leading to a goal kick, but who knows? Like, one of these days, maybe he hits some of his colleagues. So <laughs> why, why, why not yeah. go with him? Marius Wolf. 5.4 million. He's a midfielder that makes him less enticing for me, but he's at least like a cheap option. We know that uh, Bielefeld has some issues with Corona cases. So I think Wolf is viable. And uh, of course, up front, Marco Reus, 315th game, um, really looking uh, like a pretty good option there. 
Yeah, Marco Rose has been one of the kind of unsung heroes, I think, this season in the fantasy world. I think we all got put off by the fact that he was a forward, but actually he's performed admirably well um, and could have been a wonderful pick for, for players if they had gone down that route. And that may be a route that's worth going down this weekend. I do agree with you. But let's move on to Frankfurt against Bochum, our penultimate game for match day 26. Now, Frankfurt, they have lost their last four home Bundesliga matches in a row. A fifth defeat would mark an unwanted club record. They are still the only team yet to register a point on home soil in the rook run of the second half of the season. Meanwhile, Bochum, we know they're much stronger on home soil. They have actually recorded more wins against Eintracht Frankfurt than any team they faced in the Bundesliga with 24, but haven't had a good record of recent times. Uh, I think they haven't won any of their last four trips to Frankfurt. So, yeah, yeah. do you know when they played last at Frankfurt? Oh, would to it, put that in perspective. Oh, that would have been would have been the nor- it must have been the noughties, the early 2000s. No, uh, 2013 was a cup oh. match so ah, like okay. I think that we can take with a pinch of salt there actually was a Frankfurt player then who's still in the squad with Frankfurt you know which one? Oh wow that's a t- um, I'm going through them right now I'm oh, it can't is it it's not Eric Durham because you're not asking because it's Eric Durham is it? No it, it, it isn't Timothy Chandler No Oh what? It's Sebastian Rode Oh yes that would make sense When the way came back yeah. Went to the two biggest clubs in Germany and came back. On, on, only one, I think, who was with Frankfurt 2013, who's still there. Yeah, so Timmy Chandler must have still been, must have still been at Nuremberg at the time then, maybe. Yeah, and I think Hasebe was at Wolfsburg. Yeah. Oh, uh, good yeah. question. Good quiz question. Though. That's I like it. that. Some yeah, kind of it. trivia. We talk trivia because we don't. <laughs> it seems like we don't have too much to talk about that game. But well, I was going to ask you because yeah. I feel like the Frankfurt market just it hasn't changed for weeks. Yeah. You've got the Kostic Lindstrom debate. You've had Ansgar Knauf come in, but he's a forward in the game, which just ruins his potential. Despite being only two, I think it's two point six million, yes. and it's a shame because they finally seem to have settled on him at the right wing back position. That's been a, a trouble spot all season for Frankfurt. But the problem is, I'm not really outside of. Kostic and Lindstrom seeing anyone jump out of me as a really viable option flow. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Especially with them playing in the Europa League. I mean, that game was at Wednesday. That's definitely a plus. Yeah. So I think we won't, we probably won't see as much rotation, but they're still like, they playing the second leg next week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that so maybe we see some kind of rotation, but it's next Thursday though. So they're playing Wednesday, Sunday, Thursday. I think maybe it's they go with not as many changes. So uh, I think you're you're safe with Kostic, you're safe with Lindstrom, you're safe with Ndika. Um these other guys I would feel safe. We saw that Burig was coming uh, off the bench. Uh, Atata, Kamada had some games on the bench. That makes me a bit wary of these two guys. So it's Lindstrom and or Kostic in midfield for me. Yeah. Like you said yeah, before. Yeah, I- and um, Kostic is just so reliable that I probably would prefer him. I mean, Lindstrom did score at Berlin and he hardly outscored Kostic. He, Kostic had 11 points and Lindstrom had 12. So, yeah. Yeah, I think they're both they're both good players, but Kostic has the much bigger upside because, as you say, when Lindstrom scores, we're not really seeing him break that 15, 20 point barrier too often. Whereas Kostic, I mean, we know he can do it without even scoring, which is uh, is crazy. And that's it. I had Lindstrom in my squad a few weeks ago. I wasn't going to bring Kostic in then, but I am considering him now. He did score a pretty sweet goal as well, which is say in the 2-1 win against Real Betis last night. So yeah, let's move on then to the final game. Goiterfurt against Leipzig. Uh, you know, the assessment here could be as simple as, oh, invest in Leipzig. But it might be a little bit trickier than that because Goiterfurt, they are unbeaten in their last six Bundesliga home games. That was since they picked up their first ever Bundesliga home win. And we should remember as well that Goiterfurt in the first half in the game earlier this season in the Hinrunde did give Leipzig a really good run for their money. Yeah, but it marches Leip- Leipzig. So, oh, true. Not Tedesco's. No. So, who do you trust to close out the match then, Flo? Yeah, I mean, in Kunku, of course. Um, that, that's a given. I think uh, Angelino or Guardiola, both are fine. I probably prefer Angelino in this one because I think it will be like probably the possession will be 70 30 for Leipzig. 
would be my estimate. So I think there are definitely opportunities to run down the flank to get set pieces. Um, both are positive for, for Angelino. You could make an argument to go with Dani Almo, Almo. I mean, last three games, he hasn't started. You feel like he, he's going to start that game, but it's still not 100%. And yeah. like, how long does he get? Does he get more than 70 minutes? These are the question marks with Dani Almo. His potential is through the roof. We know that. That he's really good if he gets the playing time. So it's, it's a bit of a risk. My assessment would be that he's going to start because they need his creativity to play at third. And third is missing Griesbeck. He's on his fifth yellow card. He's a really important part of that four-man back line. So yeah, true. Um, that's definitely not, not bad for Leipzig that Griesbeck is missing. Silva, he hasn't played the last three games of Leipzig in the starting eleven. I expect him to start, but are you sure enough to go with Silva? Yeah, yeah. And then you see, oh, it's Paulsen again starting yeah. there. Hmm. Yeah, which would be a devastating blow at that point on the final game of the, the, the match day if you were needing to maybe get a few extra points. And I mean, his, 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 stats, uh, his shot involvement isn't as good, even if he's on the pitch, Andre Silva, um, that is. So I would be much more willing to risk it with Olmo than I would be to risk it with Silva. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we saw what Danny Olmo can do off the bench a couple of weeks ago. I forget who that was against, but, you know, came off the... Hatter. It was, uh, that was, right, of course, yeah, the 6-1, you know, came off the bench, made a big impact, uh, had a hand and a few goals. And so, yeah, I do like the Danny Olmo pick this weekend, I have to say. And on that note, we should maybe go into our player picks then to close out the show, starting, as always, with our Vegas choice. Who are you gambling on on Matchday 26, Flo? <laughs> I'm gambling with a player we haven't mentioned before because we brushed over the match. But if Augsburg Mainz is is going to be played, uh, I think Ruben Vargas for 9.6 million is interesting if really like there are a lot of players missing in the Mainz lineup. They were able to really have an outstanding performance on the first match day with much Corona cases against Leipzig. But Augsburg will be forewarned. It's a really important match for Augsburg. They trying everything to make that game played. Yeah. Uh, you can think about that if that's fair play or not. But they want to play that game with Mainz missing as many players as possible. And Ma Vargas, a midfielder, 9.6 million involved in shots, can score goals against a uh, weakened Mainz squad. I think could be a good recipe. Risky because, like, he, he can be invisible as well, but we've seen peak performances by Vargas uh, in the past. So, yeah, he's my Vegas choice. I'd, yeah, I'd like it as a Vegas choice, I have to, have to be honest. Because, um, yeah, he's not someone that we've mentioned much, Ruben Vargas. And in fairness, I don't think we've ever picked this player in the player picks either. And that's Sasa Kalajic, 11.2. We talked about his merits, the Sasa and Sosa combination coming to the fore once again for Stuttgart. They're away from home against Union. And I just think this could be another recipe for success for Sasa Kalajic. So uh, a tough one in terms of making a, a change up front. But if you are looking and looking for options, then I think Kalajic could be a good one. How about your super schnepchen then, Flo? Who are you saving some pennies on? Yeah, I don't have to to elaborate as much on him because we mentioned him already. It's Nico Schulz, 4.6 million. Uh, I, I just feel the combination with pos like the, the Dortmund attacking strengths uh, in combination with Bielefeld really having issues uh, scoring, uh, I think it's a good combination. Yeah, absolutely. And Although, I like, <laughs> Schultz is just not looking like a real good Bundesliga player right now, but sometimes that doesn't really matter in fantasy. No, it, no, it doesn't. And, and that's it. I think anyone looking at Schultz and going, oh, he's probably not going to keep a clean sheet. I think the the upside of potential attacking returns for him uh, should counterbalance that quite well. But yeah, I mean, he's a player that hasn't really looked good since his Hoffenheim days. And in fairness, he's a former Hertha left-back himself. And I'm going to pick a different former Hertha left-back because we've talked about a few narratives today, uh, but we didn't mention one potentially involving Luca Netz. Gladbach against Hertha, Benzabaini out suspended. So I think Luca Netz at 4.1 million could be a super schnepchen although I will say this now, he 
preseason kicker starting lineup or predicted lineup, but Joe Scally could be an outside shot at maybe pipping him to the post in the lineup. So do be aware of that. But I think Luca Nets, as the naturally left-sided player coming up against his former club, I have a feeling he's going to be in the starting lineup and therefore at 4.1 million, I think could be a nice little one-week pickup for Gladbach. How about your banker flow? I'm going with Marco Reus. I just feel it's his 315th game at home against Bielefeld. They don't have a single centre-back left standing, I think, right now. Bielefeld, that is. So uh, I think it could be a great game for Marco Reus. We see him thrive without Haaland, so this is my take that I don't think that Haaland would start. Yes, okay, so you would... If Haaland starts, then... Royce isn't a banker for me anymore. Well, but I mean, you've got Erling Holland in your squad. So right now, what are you doing with him? Are you getting rid of him for Marco Royce? Yes. Okay. Oh, you are. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I think I'm probably going to be getting rid of him too. Uh, right now, it's depending on like how, like I'm forced to do the transfer with Jonas Hofmann already. But right now, it looks like that would be the only transfer I'm forced to make. Oh, so oh, I'm you're actually. Lucky like if uh, Augsburg Mainz is postponed, I'm fine because I've got Aaron. Like he's giving me seven points, uh, like last week. So I'm not transferring him out if that game is postponed. For four million, I get seven points. Well, I take that any day. Yeah, absolutely. With Aaron Martin, so uh, that's that's the reason why uh, I have like some leeway to do the transfer of Haaland to Royce. Yeah, see, I don't quite have that leeway. As I say, I've got Ben Zabayini, Hoffman. I've got Patrick Wimmer as well, who, as we mentioned, is an injury doubt. Then we've got Erling Haaland. So I'm in, I'm in a very tricky position this weekend. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, like, I really have a soft spot for Alisson player as well. So, yes. like, these are the two players I have right now. I'm, I'm torn a bit between is Marco Royce and Alisson Player uh, see, I, uh, yeah. to replace Erling Haaland. I brought I brought in Alisson Player last weekend because I had to get rid of Jorginho Ruter and Andre Silva. So I brought in Haaland and Player. And I'm, I'm glad I, I went with that pick. But the Haaland one is now a bit of a headache. Um, I should mention my banker. And we talked about him just a few seconds ago. Both of us said we had a good feeling about him being in the Leipzig starting lineup. And so I'm going to throw Danny Olmo out there at 12.6. I don't think... A Leipzig double up is a bad idea potentially this weekend. So yeah, uh, a, a tricky one last weekend. And if you've got some headaches, injury headaches like I do, uh, less so like Flo because he's only got one transfer he has to make. Then yeah, join the boat. My sympathies go out to you as well. Um, hopefully you can navigate it. But that will bring us to an end of this week's episode of Talking Foosball Fantasy. Thank you for joining us. Feel free to get in touch on Twitter if you haven't yet joined the Talking Foosball Fantasy League. For now, from me, your host James Thorogood, Flo, and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew. I'll feed. Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören.